0: This is the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast, episode 159, and we are Joel Hollingsworth and Will Shelton. The Vols are coming off a 20-10 to 10 upset of the Mississippi State Bulldogs last Saturday, and uh, a bunch of guys made uh, the pro football focus all-SEC team of the week. I think it was uh, Trey Smith and Nigel Warrior were first team, and Daryl Taylor was Second team, and Smith, I think, actually got something like co-offensive Lineman of the week or something like that. Basically, it was a good good day for the guys. Uh, this week, though, uh, the balls are heading straight for the teeth of a monster in Tuscaloosa, where they uh, travel to Alabama to take on the Crimson Tide, uh, who is, again, the number one team in the nation. Uh, but before we get to Alabama, Will, um, you wrote just after the Mississippi State game that it wasn't so much that that the Vols won the game, although they were a six-and-a-half-point underdog. Right. But it was really more how they won. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about that for uh, the folks that are listening but uh, missed that earlier in the week?
1: Well, at least being in the stadium Saturday – it felt like a game Tennessee was in control of pretty early. Uh, you know, it felt like a game that was at least going to be competitive and compelling. You wondered if uh, – are you going to get punished for throwing two interceptions in the end zone? Uh yeah. turns out, not really. Uh, and and then even when Brian Bauer goes down, um, there's obvious – Upside down. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, my wife, when that happened, immediately goes – someone find his mother. Uh, it's like, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a uh, I, I'm amazed that he bounced right back up from it. I know that had to be a lot of adrenaline because I'm sure that thing felt like a car crash.
0: Oh uh, no. Yeah. Cause I mean, it wasn't just that he landed on his head. It's that he landed sort of not sort of the wrong direction. So he, his neck had to bend before his momentum would actually f- finish him over the top. You know, that just didn't oh, yeah. look good at
1: all. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it would have, outside of the concussion, I don't know if it would have been whiplash or whatever, but I, it, it didn't tickle, no. uh, sure. So, uh, But, you know, even when all of that took place and we have the angst about, are we going to throw Garantano, because of what he's done this year, creates obvious uh, anxiety when Tennessee has to get in passing situations. And yet, you just because of the defense, I, I never really felt like it was a game that Tennessee – didn't have control of, no. and you could still lose that way. We've, we saw that with BYU, where that was evident early on that Tennessee could control that game. Um, but I just think, so it's hard to say, wow, a big upset, but 6.5, a, it's a pretty solid upset, yep. statistically speaking, and all that. It, it didn't look like Mississippi State was a touchdown better than Tennessee at any point in that game, uh, and we'll see. I'll be curious to see what Mississippi State has right now. Because if I'm a Bulldog fan, I'm, I'm grasping right now because you, you lose to Kansas State at home. That Auburn game was all kinds of bad, and Auburn lost to Florida, who lost to LSU. Uh, so you can't tell yourself you just got obliterated by one of the two or three best teams in the country. Maybe one of the ten best teams, but not one of the two or three best, which was on the table uh, at the time they did that to Mississippi State. And then to turn in this performance off a bye, Uh, against Tennessee who at the time was the only team in the country not to have an FBS win not great Uh, and and the schedule coming up for them not great so I'll, I'll be curious to see how we feel about this Mississippi State win at the end of the season but in the moment yeah you still don't you you don't throw away a six and a half point underdog victory but again we're playing the long game here now that's been the case since it's been the case all year but really since Georgia State it's been the case and uh, long-term the most important things for Tennessee figure out your quarterback maybe we need way more data on Brian Maurer and you got to get better on both lines and I thought for the defense to do what they did in, in shutting down the leading rusher in the SEC and also to really bother him in the passing game with all those sacks mm-hmm. and for the offense when everybody in the world knew what was coming on the most vulnerable drive the first time all day that field position wasn't in Tennessee's favor yeah I mean, they just dominated four, four carries in a row. Everybody's talked about how, how great that was to see. So, again, we'll see how we feel about the win itself later on. It depends on if Tennessee can beat South Carolina, if they can keep a 6-6 a six and six season realistically on the table. But long term, are these offensive linemen going to keep getting better? Are these defensive linemen? Because they've got some some well-hyped kids coming in next year, but you're still talking about freshmen there. You need to develop what you have. And it was, it was a good day for all those guys. So, yeah, I, I just thought the way it happened, um, you're already seeing a spark at quarterback with Mauer. Now you've got sustained great play on the offensive line, especially like Trey Smith, like you said, and guys making plays on, on the defensive line against what was the leading rusher in the SEC. So uh, a really, really good day for, for the long term for Tennessee, I thought, on top of the obvious uh, just relief and a little release uh in in the short term the way this season has gone
0: yeah the 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 defensive line it was a whole bunch of guys too it wasn't just one guy having a great game it it was like i was watching it's like hey sack from i don't know you who are you you know (laughs) yeah it's like there's another guy i don't know
1: yeah i had to pull out the the program uh and look for uh, I can't even remember who it is uh, now. Uh, maybe Daryl Middleton. is yeah. somebody that was making plays where I was like, who yeah. was that? So yeah, uh, him
0: and Bennett and yeah, yeah.
1: Jaquan it, Blakely was in there too. Yeah. Uh, making he didn't get a sack, but he made some nice things happen. Yeah. Uh, I think it was my wife enjoyed that he was he had the belly hanging out. Oh yeah, uh, she, uh, she likes big bellies. It's Listen, I can testify to that. So, uh, but I, David Oven had a nice piece today, um, or, or maybe yesterday, about the game, saying that when you look at those seven sacks, it wasn't necessarily great defensive line play. A lot of it was good coverage, which, fine, great, awesome. You yeah. know, like whatever. Those guys are finishing the job that a lot of those guys on the back end are doing. And it was nice to see that you mentioned the pro football focus grades. Watching the game it really felt like Nigel warrior was having a great
0: game. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and sometimes you feel that way and then you go back and especially with a guy in the secondary you remember the plays he made But you don't always remember the, the plays he gave up unless they're you know sort of monumental kinds of plays, but yeah. I, I really Warriors face such high, you know Expectations because of his dad as long as he's been here and has failed to live up to what we built him up in our minds probably unfairly as so There was a little bit of me when he was playing so well that thought, well, he's probably not playing as well as I'm hoping he is, but he really did, uh, at least in this one game. So that was that was really encouraging to see.
0: Yeah, and then uh, at the end of the game, you know, after I think it was right after Mississippi State scored their touchdown to make it a little close, um, I said, okay, well, they're going to have to pass now, you know, because you could tell that they were just playing with the lead and they were just wanting to sort of run out the clock and, you know, play it safe. And uh, they, you know, like you said, four straight runs, they were all successful. it's like, well, what do I know? Hey, you know, I'll take that. That was fun.
1: Well, Um, there's there's a whole separate conversation we said on the side because we're not allowed to have this problem right now. But for everyone that wants to make the Will Muschamp comparison, which, by the way, good good week to be Will Most Champ. so mm-hmm. it's not it's not all bad. But maybe everyone... the only
0: week that it's yes. actually good to be Will
1: Muschamp. But <laughs> it's right. Uh, but when we're setting that, we're setting that to the side for now. But people will want to say, well, it's nice to win this way because we lost to Georgia State and BYU and hadn't beaten anybody, and it was nice to beat Kentucky this way last year. But this isn't sustainable. You're going to have to be more aggressive must champ at Florida. It's fun to win games 20 to 10 for a year. And then you start losing those games and everything's closer than it should be. And it's just no fun at all. So I appreciated that Pruitt at least said in the post game, Hey, uh, we probably can't win every game this way. Yeah. Cause that's correct. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) there was at least a verbal uh, acknowledgement that this kind of thing isn't going to get it done every Saturday and it, it will get old and frustrating as Tennessee gets better and we expect more from them. Uh, but man, it was, it was exactly right. Uh, their run pass ratio, all that stuff, it worked exactly the way they wanted it to.
0: So, um, speaking of, Hey, we're not going to be able to win every game like that. Um, Pruitt joked, uh, I think he was joking about unveiling the Arkansas high school game plan of, of always onside kicking and never punting on fourth down. And, You know, the idea being that you're never going to let the other team actually have the ball, right? Right. And, you know, that's kind of funny. But, you know, Josh Ward mentioned on his podcast, Locked on Vols, uh, that he thought that maybe it really wasn't all that bad of an idea. And uh, when you start thinking about it, it's like, well, what is the downside? You know, it's just field position if you're unsuccessful, right? Right. Uh, a failed onside kick gives the ball to the other team at midfield or better um, instead of at the 25. And uh, always going forward on fourth down, you know, that gives the ball to the other team right there instead of 45 yards away. So it's just field position. And, but, but, but it might also work some of the time too, in which case you're extending a possession or maybe even stealing one. And, and what really is the value of an extra 25 yards on kickoffs or 45 yards on a punt when the Alabama offense is going to score 95% of the time anyway. So let them score quick, and then you can get the ball back and eat more clock. So I'm all in. That, that's what, it, you know, I'm rooting for that. I know it's not going to happen, but I don't know. What do you think? You want to, you want to join me and Josh on this, uh, on this train
1: well, it's, it's really, uh, it, that is a, an old, you know, Madden video game kind of way of doing things. And I never, uh, I was never that guy playing those games, but I did, I thought about, uh, I guess there's still time to do this. We're recording this on Wednesday night. I thought about busting out Madden and just trying it in a game just to, <laughs> just to get a feel for it in, in my spare time to see. Cause I haven't, uh, you know, that's, that's a sort of middle school, uh, Madden tactic, but
0: was that does that yeah. game actually have two a uh, quarterback and, and three NFL first rounders a wide receiver
1: yeah I would have to take like the Bengals uh put them in the orange uniforms and uh, and go against the Patriots in the red uniforms and imagine yeah. uh, the uh, imagine <laughs> imagine the fire uh, but uh, you know uh, the interesting thing about that to me would be uh, I, obviously if Tennessee did it and somehow won the game that would be Front page news. Yeah. But, you know, what if Tennessee does it and they only lose by like 20 when you're a five touchdown underdog? Yeah. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see how they chose to carry that forward from that point on. Pruitt is more aggressive. Again, when you're following Butch Jones, it's hard to not seem more aggressive. But on fourth downs, uh, more aggressive. On onside kicks last year, we were the best. Uh, best-looking onside kicking team all year. We just missed by inches uh, several times. So, you know, they work on it and and do that stuff. Uh, I wonder what kind of message are we sending to the defense, but what kind of message is Alabama's offense going to send to the defense on on the (laughs) other side of things? Yeah. So uh, that to me would be the only interesting thing about it is if it worked just enough to convince you maybe to think about doing it against South Carolina – that, you know, that's where it could get off the rails is you do it and somehow you're – let's say you lose by 17 to Alabama. You know, so something where you, you can entertain the miraculous at the start of the fourth quarter, something like that. Well, then you try it next week against South Carolina and it fails spectacularly and you lose a game that you would have won otherwise just playing it straight up. So, yeah, I, I don't – I mean, I don't think he's – I think if he was going to do that, he would not have said it out loud. Yeah. You know, you just do it. But uh, yeah. it would, it would at least be interesting at at nine oh seven or whatever time they're going to kick this game off. Uh, it oh. would, it might uh, keep a few more eyeballs in front of it. Yeah, that's way past my bedtime.
0: Thing is, I don't think that there's, that there's really any uh, need to play keep away from a Will Muschamp offense, though.
1: I hope not. I, yeah, yeah, that would be I, uh, that would be not. bad. All right.
0: Um. So. I have this theory about uh, what makes the Alabama passing game so good. I mean, this is one of the – actually, let me ask you this first. Um, you've, you've been watching these guys for a really long time. Is this the best Alabama offense that you've ever seen?
1: Maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm going to write this for Friday morning about – we did a version of it last year. What, what is success against this team? Uh, what are things you can do? And last year it was that at at least at the time of the Tennessee game, if they don't score a touchdown on the opening drive success, you know, (laughs) like uh, if, if they score less than 35 in the first half success, that sort of thing. So uh, I think it is, I think it's in the conversation. Uh, Sometimes I feel this way about some of the Kentucky basketball teams that have come rolling through Knoxville where you're like, okay, that one, but then if they lose in the Elite Eight, you you can't really say that, you know. So like last year's Alabama offense, I would put them on the on the list. I, I would put Tua right now in terms of like most dangerous quarterbacks that I have ever seen play against Tennessee. I would put Tua on, on a top five of that list right now, like without hesitation. I mean, I'm talking about like the Danny Werfel list. I think mm-hmm. Tua is uh, – Tua scares me more than Tebow ever did playing against Tennessee. So uh, I, I think that quarterback portion of it is is going to be there whether Alabama wins the national championship or not. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's got the potential. Last year did too. Uh, they just didn't finish it there at the end. But, you know, it, that's that kind of helps a little bit in a backhanded sort of way to say, well, if we're going to get wrecked here – uh, we're at least getting wrecked by maybe the best offense that, that Tennessee has ever faced. We talked about that when Tennessee played Marcus Mariota in Oregon in Bush Jones' first year of like, hey, this team might win the whole thing uh, and, and, uh, and had opportunities to. So, you know, that it, we'll need to wait until the year is over to get that full answer. But I would say, yeah, definitely in the conversation. So
0: I'm glad you mentioned Mariota. Uh, because I think part of the problem is I think when we played Oregon, there's just no way to simulate that speed. Yeah. You know, and so everybody's faster and you're taking bad angles all game because you're just underestimating where they are going to be the entire time. And that's – that that's what I was getting about getting at uh, when I was talking about the Alabama passing game, because I I think that the reason that they are so good um, is that I'm going to call it frictionless because in a passing game, you generally have some friction between, um, you know, catching the ball and then running after the catch. So, the, the guy either has to, you know, stop and catch or he has to adjust on the fly or maybe he has to slow down or speed up just a little bit. But Tua and his receivers, they have zero friction at that point. Those guys are always hit right at full speed. And I think that the rest of the defense just doesn't um, – they're, they're just not used to seeing that happen. Uh, without any friction whatsoever. I know that's the goal for everybody, but it just seems like they've perfected it. So that's what I'm going at with uh, with these receivers. they just it everything is so smooth And I hate them for it. So
1: <laughs> well, I think Tennessee last year um, we saw a version of this in the second half of the West Virginia game right away where you had a quarterback, and a wide receiver combo where that guy, like even above average coverage didn't matter. That guy could put it where it needed to be. The receivers were going to make the plays. And I'm sure that's incredibly frustrating for a defensive back to say, Hey man, I was, I was there. I was right with him step for step and they made a long play. Anyway, there was a throw on Bama's opening drive last year where, Tua, like, rolled out and threw it back across his body, all the width of the field. And, I mean, it's like a a pin drop, just boom, right there. And even the Alabama fans in the stadium were just, you know, amazed that he made that throw. And it's just one of those, like, I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. You know, (laughs) like, what else else can you do about something like that? So, yeah, again, I I think Tua is already – he's already in that level of – there's going to be some stuff that happens Saturday where you just kind of have to shrug your shoulders and say, yep, yep. That's, that's great. Uh, and, uh, and let's just move on to the next play.
0: Hey, did you see, uh, Doug Dickey's comments? I think it was at, I don't know, some hall of fame ceremony or something, where he was talking about his idea to, uh, expand the playoff to, I don't know whether it was eight or 16 teams. I think it was 16, do you happen to see those comments? Was,
1: I'm sorry. I did not see it. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, so I, I'm going to paraphrase here, but because I only glanced at it. I was in the middle of do, doing something else. But the, you know, you hear a lot of arguments like this, and how do you make it work, and all this stuff. And there was some stuff about that. But I, the thing I thought was so interesting was his reason for it. And he said it's creating a rich-get-richer a bigger problem of the rich getting richer because right now there's basically eight teams with the 14 playoff. There's eight teams that have, that are legitimately chasing it each year. And so they're getting all of the best guys, those eight teams. Uh, But if you expand it to uh, like 16 team playoff, then you have 30 teams that can go into somebody's living room and say, Hey, you know, we're going to be in the playoff this year without being laughed out. So I just thought that it was really interesting. You got any thoughts off the cuff
1: on that? I still think the very best model for this is eight teams with five automatic bids. Uh, if you win your conference, you're in. And in that model, you make uh, – everybody's doing this anyway – make them all play a conference championship game, which means if you win your division – you have a chance to win the national championship period every year so for a, a conversation like that makes the South Carolinas and Missouri's of the world have a su- a some small percentage chance to win a national championship you know like Missouri right now in SP+ Missouri is the favorite to win the SEC East now I, mean, I don't know if they'll be eligible for it or not but that would be my point is you Every team has a chance to win their division. Not every, I mean, no, not Vanderbilt and Kentucky, but many more teams have an opportunity to win their division than think about making a four-team playoff with no automatic bids. And if you make, if you win your division, you're going to get a shot against you know whoever it is in the in the league title game. And if you win that, you're in. Uh, so I just think that is, I think anything more than eight ruins the regular season, which is the best. It's what makes college football great is the weight on every outcome. Um, And making it about uh, automatic bids and division winners means you keep the head-to-head value, uh, which is the other thing that makes it so great. So I think you can accomplish what – I applaud Dickey for making that suggestion because I think he's right. And you can track that through. We've been doing this now for five years, six years with the playoff, and it is a lot of Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State. And, and becoming a lot of Oklahoma here. Um, but I think you 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 provide the most hope to the most number of teams while maintaining the sanctity of the regular season. If you do eight, eight teams, every conference champion gets in. The highest-rated group of five champion gets in, so you've got a Cinderella every year, and then two at-large teams that the committee can pick. So uh, I just – that one is always my favorite uh, to me. I just think it accomplishes all of those things. All
0: right, back to uh, Bama. Um, Tennessee was, I think, opened as a 29.5-point favorite, and it's now up to 34.5, I believe, last time I looked. Um, that's a lot of points, man. That does not look like a fun fun game to watch. Uh, so... I think uh, ESPN's FBI gave Tennessee a. I want to. This is off the, off the top of my head, but I think it's a 2.7% chance of, of winning. So that's also fun. Um, so, what is it that we want to see uh, on Saturday night? Do um, you know a team that is favored by that much is going to make the opponent look bad? In almost all areas. So what is it that we're looking for uh, to hopefully find some glimmer of hope in that game?
1: It's funny when you're an underdog, when you're a five touchdown underdog, you know, so if Tennessee loses by 31, they've they've covered the spread with a little room to spare. But I don't think any of us are going to say, hey, by 31 you know we're we're that was that was decent work there uh i think you want to see you want to see tennessee move the ball offensively you want to see them land their shots because some teams like ole miss some not just uh texas a&m but some other teams that are closer to tennessee's talent level right now have landed a few blows on them uh there's lots of the most optimistic version of any of this is Bama's got some injuries on the defensive front. They're not what they used to be there. They don't have to be because they can score hundred points a game or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you, you want to see if, if Monday, if, if Alabama wins this game um, 63 to 20, well 63 to 31 or something like that, you're just going to feel better about things. That Auburn team in 2013 that Dobbs played against, that was 55-23. to But, you know, Tennessee was within seven right before halftime. Uh, And at a point, and, and Auburn got some special teams touchdowns too. But at a point there, you just, okay, they're better than us, and they're pulling away. But if you can land some punches early, if it's, you know, 17 to 7 and then 27 to 14 or or whatever just just land some punches um be attempt to be compelling television at the start of the third quarter like at halftime if tennessee's down 28 uh, that's probably not great you know so can you keep it to 21 or less in the first half give some reason or some idea that maybe if you come down the field and score to start the third quarter, then maybe Bama has been playing football for a while here without a buy. Um, Tennessee uh, almost got them four years ago in Tuscaloosa in that scenario. So, you know, that's, that's one thing also uh, to, to look at there. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't know. I I just, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know how this Tennessee team stops these guys which goes back to the onside kick uh, conversation.
0: I'm I'm wondering if that 9 o'clock kick wasn't, you know, hey, uh, can you put us on after most of our fans' bedtimes? I don't know.
1: Well, the the fun online joke about that is Alabama has this fancy new synchronized stadium light thing, which I am sure we'll see a bunch on Saturday. (laughs) But they haven't played a night game uh, at home yet, Uh so – this is their first opportunity to use it uh, this season. So some some people are like, you know, hey, we spent millions of dollars or whatever on this light system. Can you do us a favor and throw us a, a late central time start against a team we're going to be favored by five touchdowns against? Oh, that'll be fun and cool. So, yeah, I mean, expect lots of snark and, and jokes about uh, the, the fancy new light system at Bryant-Denny.
0: So I'm actually glad that I uh, uh, asked you that question because um, something you said made me think of something I hadn't thought about before, which, which is, you kind of want to compare yourself to everybody else who's played them, right? So if you look at their scores so far, you got Duke lost forty-two to three. You don't want to be like them.
1: But uh, they were compelling for a, a quarter and a half.
0: Okay, something like that. So you want to go a little bit longer than that, which you know generally we're only good for a quarter and a half, (laughs) Um, but maybe in the both the first half and the second half, maybe we're wearing out. New Mexico State, sixty-two to ten. You don't want to let them get to sixty. Ole Miss, no, uh, Southern Miss, uh, forty-nine to seven. Mm, If you can do better than that, that would be good. So we're really looking at South Carolina, uh, Ole Miss, am and M's top twenty five team or, or was. More talented than us by far, A yes. and M is. Yeah. But not the other team. Right. So you got South Carolina forty seven, twenty three. That would be respectable. Um, twenty
1: four, yes. It I would take that yeah. right now.
0: Um Ole Miss fifty nine
1: to thirty one. I like the thirty one part of that. 28 same thing that's you cover the spread by a touchdown and you scored a lot of points and can tell yourself hey when we're not playing Bama we're gonna do great are you doing that math in your head because uh
0: you know it's after nine for me and uh yes. I just I, I didn't even realize that's what you were doing for
1: a minute. football math and <laughs> church attendance are the only two <laughs> maths that I can do this dude is so good at sevens man that's right. Sevens <laughs> and 50, 31 They both kicked a field goal in there.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, and then A and M was forty-seven twenty-eight. What's that?
1: That's uh, nineteen, right? I think, Yeah. But again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare us to. Uh, same thing with A and M. That that game. Uh, listening to the updates, driving back from the Mississippi State game on Saturday. You know it was. Oh, all right. It's it, now it's twenty-seven fourteen or whatever. Oh, they're within. You know, okay. Well, they're still hanging. That—that's what you want is uh, compelling as long as possible. And and you're not going to get the sort of Duke was compelling for a while at like seven to three or something like that uh, in the first week of the season. You're not going to get that. So you you want to me? It's going to have to be the trading blows uh, compelling. Which yeah. would be especially compelling if Maurer plays.
0: Yeah, and, and I would be okay if um, if it comes down to us holding our own for a while and then just get getting worn out at the end of each half, which is – there's an explanation for that, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take that too. Yeah. Um, I meant to look up a rap name for you, but I still have not done that. So I'm just going to give you your freestyle uh, anonymous uh, thing (laughs) to give you a chance to say whatever you want to say, as long as you make it rhyme and say it in rhythm.
1: Yeah. Well, I can't, I can't promise you either of those things. Um, uh, You know, this is borrowing again, David oven had a nice piece today where uh, athletics doing this thing where they're doing mid season reviews on all these teams and, his his uh, each one they're doing. What's the biggest question for this team? And his was, was Mississippi State a turning point or an outlier? And I, that's right. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a chance we look back. Yes. In not just the end of the season, but in about three weeks, and we say, oh, Mississippi State's in the toilet. Like there, it's just not happening for them. Well, they and, got all
0: those. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, they they got all those uh, suspensions too, which can't help yeah. the
1: overall record. No, and Norcan playing LSU and everybody else that they've still yet to play despite having three losses now. So, yeah, um, yeah there's a chance that happens and we get back into the business of not only losing but losing to you know, <laughs> losing to Missouri by 28 or, or something like that. I mean, that's that's still possible. I think it's clear at this point that Vanderbilt is very bad um, and may be looking for a coach by the time they get around to playing us. Uh UAB is sneaky. UAB is like 5 and 1 or something like that, yep. but they're still not um, they got some football left to play before they play us.
0: The SBM loves um, UAB, by
1: the way. Uh, yeah, the advanced stats still don't love them. But if I mean, look at their record the last 2 years, they they deserve some love.
0: They're putting up points and they're keeping opponents from putting up points. I know their schedule's not that but that good,
1: but. Yeah. But we'll, you know, we'll see about about them by the time we get there. Yeah. Uh, and and Kentucky, you know, I, I think uh, the school of thought there is if you could beat Kentucky the way you beat them last year, this, and, and you've shown with Mississippi State that if your team has uh, something below average at quarterback, you can kind of smother that. They did that with BYU with the exception of one play. So I know Tennessee is capable of shutting down an offense that does not have a quarterback that's worth a whole lot. Um, so I, I don't worry about that one but yeah I mean I think there's that that's the argument it was this an outlier and in a couple of weeks are we gonna be back to talking about making sure this team doesn't go three and nine or whatever um, or was it a genuine turning point because uh, you know it's it's I got them at 5.1 on the old uh, expected win total this week so it's it's not impossible um, but but there's work to do here. So, uh, and, and we just, we fell into this trap last year, man. When they beat Kentucky last year and we're five and five, I thought, man, this this year, a, a successful year is in the bag. You know, Even if they even if they split these next two games, this is going to be a successful year. We're going to go to a bowl game. Things are trending up. And then they just, I mean, you were there. We were all there. They were awful against Missouri and Vanderbilt. So you just never know. Uh, what's going to happen. But um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's the question here uh, going forward.
0: And that'll do it for this episode of the game day at Rocky top podcast. Uh, As always, thanks for listening. Um, As always do us a favor. Uh, subscribe, give us a rating, leave a review. I need to start saying this at the beginning because, you know,
1: I don't know. <laughs> you got to make it, it to the end. Yeah, it's a <laughs> thank you for making it to the end if you're still listening to this. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, bonus points if you uh, include in your review the secret phrase. Onside kick. There we go. We're going with that one. So for uh, Will Shelton, I'm Joel Hollingsworth, and this has been the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast and I applaud
1: Skype for actually making it through without bringing you off and making you start making it sick. Indeed. It's, I think we we stayed true to our word of finishing by 9.15. So it's, uh, it valued our our effort there. It did. Very All
0: right. Well, wish me luck with the uh, statistics. Uh, I don't even know what it is. We're uh, trying to figure out something <laughs> to yeah, I can't even tell you. Well, yeah, find, find a way to
1: turn it multiples of seven and football scores and you'll be just fine.